The following is brought to you by the Starfleet Podcast Network, SPN, The Spin. Why the movie era? It's because you do the era in which you can fit in the uniforms. <laughs> so yeah. what you can fit in is the basis on what kind of fan film you do. So, you know, if you, if you can fit into movie era, great. If you need to do something that's a little more spandexy, you can fit in that. So that's kind of what determines what you can do is what you can fit in, right? Hi, it's Big J, and in just a moment, I will be presenting you with Peace and Goodwill, a Star Trek fan film from Star Trek Fan Film International. Afterwards, please join our critical and cynical review for our discussion and reactions of the film. Without further ado, here is Peace and Goodwill. Admiral Nagura, I'm about to leave the office. Are you ready to go? Hmm. You go ahead, Phil. I'm gonna stay here for a while. Why? It's Christmas Eve. Everyone else has already left for the day. I don't have any plans for tonight. My daughter, Mitsuko, got assigned the holiday shift at Earth Station Gamma 2, so she won't be back for a while. That's too bad. The newest person on staff is always the lowest person on the totem pole. It's the Starfleet way. The newbies always have to pay their dues. Don't stay too long here, Chiro. Tomorrow's a holiday, so you better not come in either. Don't worry about me, Phil. Enjoy the holidays. along the neutral zone. It's been peaceful and quiet, as it should be. I think the Klingons got the message that we aren't tolerating any interference on Novus 3. I'm glad to hear that. So what are your holiday plans? Some of the crew are putting together a shipwide Christmas dinner tomorrow. Might even break out the rhyme of the name. Sorry, I didn't catch your last statement. All I'm getting is static. So, are you helping out? I'll plan a nice speech. Thank everyone for the hard work this year. One of your famous rabble-rousing motivational speeches? Something like that. What are you doing for the holidays? Nothing, actually. Mitsuko has to work the holidays at Earth Station Gamma 2, so she won't be joining me this year. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, you're certainly invited to join us for our Christmas dinner along the neutral zone. I can send a shuttle for you. It's no problem. <laughs> Thanks, but I don't think I want to spend the holidays patrolling the neutral zone. I understand. 
Well, in any case, my friend, let me wish you a Merry Christmas. Thanks, Jim. Merry Christmas to you and your fine crew. Captain, USS Excelsior. Security authorization accepted. Humbug. Yes, Captain Sulu. Responding with an update. Merry Christmas from Starbase 24. Uh, yes. Merry Christmas to you, too. How is the observing at Novus 3 going? Yes, sir. Excelsior repairs are in progress. USS Ingram and USS Awani are now monitoring over Novus 3. Some protests are still happening on the surface, but the Klingon incursions have stopped. No doubt that your work with the government there has paid high dividends. Kirk and Enterprise really helped us out. It's great that they were in the area. Starfleet family, Admiral. I'm glad to hear the good news. Well, I hope that you and yours have a great holiday. Thanks for the station leave for our officers and crew, Admiral. My wife and Demora came in yesterday with the families of the other crew. You and your crew needed the holiday after all the activity at Novus 3. Thank you, Admiral. Are you leaving work tonight? I hope you're having a good holiday with Meat Skull. I appreciate your kind words. Take care. Right, sir. Merry Christmas. Sulu out. James T. Kirk, Captain, USS Enterprise. Incoming transmission. Captain Sulu, all is quiet along the neutral zone. In this sector. Jim, Nogura's still working. Ah. Oh, is he? Then we'll have to go to the next step. Merry Christmas, Jim. Sulu out. Merry Christmas to you too. Uhura, open a channel to Starfleet, Admiral Curry. Jim! Phil, Nogura is still in his office on Christmas Eve. Yes, I'm working on it. Merry Christmas, Jim. Thanks for taking patrol duty tonight. No problem. Merry Christmas to you. Send as she goes, Helm.
Captain Spock? Greetings, Admiral Noguron. I was working on my end-of-the-year report and wanted to catch up on the latest with you. I'm surprised to hear from you. Isn't this a time for celebrating your annual winter solstice holiday? Not in the mood this year. So I decided to continue working today. Curious. I'm laying the groundwork for a reunification between our people and the Romulans. Very ambitious. How is that progressing? I hope to present a case for reunification to the Vulcan High Council soon. You have chosen an extremely challenging project. True, but the benefits of peace greatly outweigh the risk involved. I can't think of anyone more qualified than you to lead such a project. Thank you, Admiral. Don't you have a saying during the season? Peace on Earth. Goodwill towards man. A very good saying. I have observed that traditions are very important to humans. Please remember the reason for your annual holiday. Thank you for the reminder, Captain Spock. I will certainly try. Good. Instead, my usual greetings, let me say, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you, Captain Spock. Phil, I thought you left already. Hey, Jiro. Come on over tonight for Christmas Eve dinner. It'll just be a few close friends. Thank you, but I can't impose. It's not an imposition. We'll have plenty of food. In fact, you can sleep in my guest room and stay for Christmas Day, too. Well... Excuse me, I need to take this. Hello, Mitsuko. Dad, I have good news! One of my colleagues canceled the vacation and volunteered to take my shift. So that means... I'll be coming home for Christmas after all! That's great news. What time will you arrive? Soon. No later than 1600. Hold on. Phil, do you have room for one more? Of course. The more the merrier. Mitsuko, we're going to spend Christmas with Admiral Curry. That will be so much fun. I always enjoy his funny stories and seeing his coin collection. So do I. I'll see you soon. See, Admiral? Christmas wishes do come true. Indeed. So what are we waiting for? I still have to get a present for Mitsuko. Welcome back. This is Critical Not Cynical. I am Big J, along with Nico and Frank, and V-Man will be here shortly to also talk with us. You just got done watching Peace and Goodwill, and we are here with the stars from that fan film. We've got David Cheng, who played Admiral Nagura, Mike Longo, who played a very impressive Captain Kirk, Ken Hayashida as Captain Sulu. Did I get the last name right? Okay, perfect. And Bill Irukan 
as Admiral Curry. Okay, great. Thank you. I always want to make sure I pronounce names correctly. So I really, really try there. So thank you very much for confirming that. And I want to thank all of you for being able to come and join us tonight for this, where we do our critical and cynical review. And I want to tell you, we, Nico and I just got done watching the film and it was a very good film, by the way, really, really enjoyed it. So I want to give you guys our feedback on that and uh, want to see if you'd like to just go first this time. Nico? No, you go ahead. No? <laughs> yeah, you go okay. first. <laughs> I, I, I thought for sure you'd let me, let me fix that. Okay. Because my chair looks bad. There we go. There we go. That's better. It's all scratched up, dinged up. So I would have to say that I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised that you guys went with a Christmas episode. And just about every show out there has that Christmas episode. And I'm curious, this this would, to me, that's always kind of been a question uh, that I know I have and maybe others have had, is that in the future, would there even still be a Christmas? Because you have now uh, Starfleet, Federation, Alien Worlds, um, Federation doesn't seem, well, at least let's keep it down to Starfleet, doesn't seem to be an Earth as a whole, does not seem to be as religious in that time period as we are now. So did you have, did you guys have any, and either one of you, David, Ken, uh, Mike, or Bill um, can jump in on this. Why take on the challenge of a Christmas episode for Star Trek? which is not really the most religious show out there. Well, um, you know, in Star Trek Generations, um, you know, we had uh, Picard in the Nexus actually having a dream or experience of um, celebrating Christmas with his family. Mm -hmm. And so I think that tells me that, you know, that it, it didn't seem weird to him. Like, what is this? It was very familiar to him. So mm -hmm. it seemed to me that, uh, you know, Christmas would be still celebrated um, in the 24th century. Um, so I think that there's justification there to think that, uh, yeah, we would still be celebrating Christmas, at least to some degree, um, you know, in the Star Trek future. By the way, David, I really like your Santa Claus hat. I love oh, the hat. You. That's great. <laughs> I, I'm only wearing it because it's the season and you're talking about peace and goodwill. Also, mm -hmm. it seemed appropriate. Do I see Mickey ears on that uh, Santa cap? Yes, that's very uh, <laughs> insightful of you, uh, Mike, especially since, you know, you have great familiarity with uh, Mickey Mouse these days. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love it. I love it very much. And yeah, I'm sorry, Michael. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you, you, you. Get, oh, I was just going to uh, add on to what uh, some of uh, what David said, and it's like you know, throughout Star Trek, Star Trek, you know, tends not to go, get get into those things on the, on the spiritual level, but on some level they do. Like especially in DS Nine, there's a whole lot about the Bajoran culture and their beliefs and things, and there are sprinkled out you know like from tos there is a reference to 
to to Christ and other things. Um, that, it does exist somewhere in in the uh, in the Star Trek future. So it's not too such a foreign idea. Yeah, are we the, are we the only fan film that has done a Christmas for Star Trek? No, actually, Potemkin did too. They did really? Yeah, they did. They did that a couple of years ago. Uh, and it was it was basically that they came around a, a supernova that they were looking at. So it was sort of like the symbolism of the star in the east, and and, and oh. then thing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. And yeah, it's it's up on the Potemkin. Uh, remember you remember the name of that one? I I think I'd like to see that one. Um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll take a look for it and I'll ping you guys later. See, okay. yeah, I'd like to well, check that one out as well to see, to see that take on a Christmas episode. Uh, you guys are talking. I'll see if I can pull it up. Oh, very good. Very good. Maybe we should all come together and have a holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, actually, Bill, Bill actually kind of has already. Bill produced a, a program. This is my third Christmas film. Actually, this is the first Christmas film, if you think about it. You've done three Christmas films. Are, I have. What, what were the other ones? Were they Star Trek related or just something yeah. totally different? One was a horror one called The Last Sleigh Ride. <laughs> <laughs> you can find that on Tubi and Amazon. And then my, uh, my big hit right now is uh, Raven Van Slender Saves Christmas. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's kid friendly. It's hilarious. <laughs> Good stuff. Although I'm proud to say that uh, Bill got his his acting start in our uh, our first Star Trek fan film. Um, he caught the acting bug from that and has since expanded and has become a writer, producer, actor in dozens and dozens of uh, uh, films. Yeah, David. Um, David was my first director. <laughs> it was my worst acting ever. <laughs> ah, it was fine, but of course, you know we can always improve. Yeah, there's there's always room for improvement, right? Yeah, we had a starting point, and we're uh, hopefully making a little progress. Ken, I want to I want to tell you that you did a very good Sulu. I really oh. like your your interpretation of Sulu. I think it was it was pretty good. And did how did you enjoy getting into doing this? And can you tell me is this your first fan film or have you done others with the same character? With the same with the same group of guys, we've we've toyed around with different uh, scripts and uh, this was one of several fan films that we've done but um this particular um fan film was um really fun because i was able to work with wayne harding who's a vfx um 3d model generator so wayne was the guy that came up with those cool vfx of the ships because we actually had to generate that from scratch so those are scratch built 3d models by wayne in the united kingdom and uh, that was all overlaid in post so i want to give a shout out to wayne i always i love his work because the lighting the shadows on the ship i mean it looks really 3d when you see it fly by and um 
it gives that sense of realism to the to the scene. So um, and, then, you know, about the characters, it's uh, that whole the whole script is about the relationships between the, the characters. Right. And we know those relationships from the films, but we don't get to see them behind the scenes very much. We always see them on duty. And this film is more behind the scenes. So I think that's kind of the the fun part about the script, too, is that. Um, yeah, it's set in the holidays spirit, but it's also about the characters and their relationships. And, and you can see how deep the relationships are in, in our scripting, I hope. So. And, and the other thing was that it was done during COVID. So, I mean, we were all doing it with just acting to the camera and acting like the other person was near us. But the whole thing was assembled during the peak of the COVID pandemic in 20, I think it was 2020, if I'm mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I mean, Hollywood was not in production. Um, everything was at ground to a halt and, and people were separated by the, by the uh, decisions to do the social distancing and everything. So it was really, a, I think part of the story too, is about no matter how far in the galaxy you are apart, you're still friends. So, yeah. Well, so uh, anyways, I, if you guys are interested, I did locate it. It's called together in the night, together in the night, awesome. It's together in the night. And it's, um, it's part of the, uh, Randy does uh, quite a few different smaller productions. This is part of the uh, the Demos crew. It was written by Victoria Avalon, mm. who uh, you may have seen in in um, in actually Dreadnought Dominion. She was a character in there. So. You say it's the Potemkin Pictures. Yeah, Potemkin Pictures. Yeah, Potemkin Pictures. Seventeen. 11 is uh, yeah Potemkin 1711 is their uh their their uh channel cool thank you and while i'm giving compliments i want to move on to mike who you played a very you played a very good kirk and i think that the way you played shatner playing kirk was it was good I, I, I felt like you knew exactly where to, uh, to, to get your toes right on that line of not being a parody of Shatner playing Kirk. Um, and, and to me, I think that the way you pull that off, that had to be, and you can tell me, was that difficult to make it, make it as genuine as you could to have that, that sound to really sound like Kirk? But also at the same time, not to make it as if you're doing uh, just a impersonation. Yeah, yeah, parody. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's I find it extremely difficult, especially since I'm not really an actor, and so uh, so there's some of me in there. Um, but I try to do enough Kirkisms, like with the face or you know a, a gesture, to kind of you know. I'm relying on the audience to be familiar enough with Kirk to think, okay, I know who he's supposed to be, but yeah, I don't, I try not to get too far in. Sometimes I go a little too far and it's like, you know, I'm doing all that stuff, but, uh, uh by and large, um, yeah, um, it's, it's, it, it, it is sort of a difficult thing. So I, I do a lot of rehearsing for that to try to get the inflection, what I think his inflections might be. 
and I'll, I'll steal some inflections that he does from the shows or the movies or wherever I can find it. Even the interviews, you know, that he's done. Yeah. So it sounds like you did a lot of homework before. A lot of homework because when you're supposed to be somebody who's known by everybody and, you know, Kurt or <laughs> Kurt Shatner has his own, you know, style. Uh, everyone's so familiar with it. You know, that's, that's a tough area to be in. You're really in the spotlight. No pressure, right? <laughs> right. No pressure. <laughs> so, so that's always a question that I have. Anybody from the group can pick it up. Why do you do guys do the recreation of Kirk, Spock, Nagora, and everything else? Because okay. we can. Because we can, yeah. <laughs> so when you got together to start this and, and, and do that, I know some people in the fan films world, as you know, create their own characters and stuff like that. I know what your first movie was, and it was fantastic. And, and I like the way that you were filling in for for TMP at that point. Uh, but I, I don't know, when you guys made that, is it because you had people like Mike, who does a good Shatner, and Ken, who does a good Sulu, and, and you know, you have, a, I can never pronounce his name over in Germany, who does a fantastic yeah. Yeah, yeah, who does a great Spock. Is it did, was that an inspiration to you guys? Well, you know, as as you know, the first film we made was set in the TMP era. <clears throat> and um I almost get more that uniform tonight. Pardon me? Oh, I you almost wore that uniform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is loaded in green, which I guess would go with the season. Um, but uh you know, the idea of that film was to kind of uh, show Admiral Nagura, whom we hadn't really hadn't seen on screen and uh, do a whole story about that. Uh, what was supposed to be, a, I guess, a 10 minute conversation with Kirk in which Kirk was going to convince him to give him the Enterprise and just expanding that into a story. So because we started with those characters, I think it just seemed like it was natural and would be fun to continue their story, although jumping now to the, um, you know, the Wrath of Khan and thereafter era and switching the uniforms to, you know, the monster maroons. So I, I think we kind of like that era, at least I do. Um, and I think it was just sort of um, fun to try to come up with different stories that, you know, took place in that era with these characters. I also think we had really good chemistry when we did the human adventure. I mean, all, all the the cast that you casted, somehow it was really great chemistry that yeah, you, had, you had to bring to another story. It had to be, another story had to be told. I mean, you guys are great. I'm not, I'm not, I hope that you didn't take that as a criticism. I just was curious. It was that. You know, from the fact that I just love your work and stuff like that. So, you know, and then, of course, we did Borg Hunters a little while ago with you guys. And uh, and that was just another Chakotay and, and everything else uh, is a fantastic, uh, you know, continuation of that. Uh-oh. Welcome, V-Man. Got to drink. Hey, guys. Hey. Are you back from the red <laughs> carpet? There he is. Uh, how are we doing, gentlemen? Doing well. Doing good. Great. We're good. Really doing good. I uh, hope hope you didn't mind. We started. When oh no, started. dude! I 
I expect it because I'm always late. That's the only consistent in the universe is I'm late. So no, no, absolutely. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing really good. Yeah, it was, we're just talking about it, you know, going around, giving the compliments, uh, where, where we started off. The the first thing I brought up was the, uh, you know, the, the idea, the desire and challenge to take on a Christmas episode of Mm -hmm. Star Trek, which you, you don't really, you don't really see holidays in Star Trek all that much. And so that's, I was just telling them, that's what I thought was, was a pleasant surprise or something different to do. And, uh, just going around and complimenting the guys on their their characters and their portrayals. Uh, so to get to get you caught up, that's pretty much where we're where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Frank was asking that question about why the movie era, and to me, that my thought was that well, for one thing, I felt like there was more stories to be told in that movie era. We got you know, six or seven pretty good stories in the really good stories in the movies. But I felt like there was a lot more um, stories to to be told. And also we're kind of at the same age that the characters were at in that same era. And um, so we can fit into the costumes. The costumes are available. And um, that adds to the chemistry because we look the parts still. And, um, um, the other thing was that in that time frame, um, we had access to some of the original scripts. Like I, I actually went over to USC cinema library and got access with permission to the original motion picture scripts. And that whetted my appetite for Admiral Nagura because I read through three or four different versions of the original teleplay for, um, for, for the motion picture. And, um, and we actually, uh, I've actually developed what I feel like is a pretty good friendship with some of the people that were involved with making the director's edition. I can, you know, they're very available people. So, mm-hmm. and that's we, one thing, mm-hmm. that's one thing about, that's one thing about Star Trek fans, um, whether it's professional or just your, your Joe Blow down the street, is there, they're always, they're always pretty accessible people, friendly people, salt of the earth type people who, if, if they're available to do it, they're, they're always open to, to help out in any way they can look at, uh, uh, I think it's Mike and Denise, uh, the one who did the L cars and, uh, from TV mm-hmm. and stuff. like, they're always willing to help out a fan or a friend or, or someone, you know, give their knowledge and, and help people out if they can't like, you know, um, and that's your experience of, of talking here of of your your friendship and experience like it's it's always seems to be the case like when they can uh part their knowledge uh and help out uh just out of the kindness of their heart i think that goes to uh you know what star trek has done for us of of the kindness spirit and that future hope you know Mm -hmm. um it, it helps us all kind of come together and uh i i dig it i really dig it that's very cool that you that you kind of built the friendship there with uh those people the, the fan community, as you know, Vance, is just really great. When you when you get to know the, the right people, um, it really allows you to express more creativity and to share that creativity. I mean, all of the guys on the call right now, I mean, you guys have all done incredible fan films and and uh, 
and explore different aspects of the Star Trek universe in in ways that haven't necessarily been on the big screen, but we as fans can experiment with that. Um, and I think that's that's actually really fun when you get a fan community that that shares in that experience and and all. Yeah, Ken, I really like your response to why the movie era. It's because you do the era in which you can fit in the uniforms. <laughs> so yeah. what you can fit in <laughs> is the basis on what kind of fan film you do. So, you know, yeah. if you if you can fit into movie era, great. If you need to do something that's a little more spandexy, you can fit in that. So that's kind of what determines what you can do is what you can fit in, right? Yeah, and I, I can't do Sulu uh, without a shirt doing Richelieu. And if Brad and George Takei are listening, I'm sorry. I can't imitate <laughs> Thank you very much, Ken. Now I have to rip my eyes out. <laughs> Ken, I was, I was really expecting somewhere in there and oh my. The one, the one thing I really enjoyed about this, because I, 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 I forgot all about the the film that I, because you know, being being involved with fan films, we we tend to watch a lot of them either as uh, critiques for our friends or just hey, watch this, and we're like, oh, okay, you know, we 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 consume a lot of fan films, and I I had forgot that I had watched this, and then I was talking with Frank tonight. And he was like, because I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta watch this because I don't, I don't think I've watched this one before. I, 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 I remember somewhere, and he's like, no, no, we've watched it, we reviewed it before. It's like we have. He's yeah, like, we had Avon and everyone. We have. <laughs> and I was like, really? He's like, dude. And he, 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 he got maybe one or two sentences in, and I was like, dude, yes, I do. And it was like all these light bulbs went off. Um, but I. I, I watched it anyway as a, a refresher because yeah, I, I you know it as a refresher. Yeah, I watched it, was it so, anyway. <laughs> it was so it was so good. But the thing that I the thing that I loved mostly about it, and I think this is this goes to the heart of every not only fan film but but just Trek in general is it was it was a great story, um, and it was a great Christmas story of a guy who's like, man, I, I don't get to see my family and I, I'm, I'm just bummed out and I got to fucking stay at work. Who wants to do that? Um, and I, I really dug that. And then his friends come around for him at the end. And it's, it's basically the, the game of telephone going, Hey, dude's bummed out. Let's go help him. Hey, dude's still bummed out. He's at work. Who wants to, you know, and like the only thing missing is like you guys going over to his office at Starfleet and putting a knapsack over him and hauling him <laughs> off over your shoulder, you know. That's that's a, that's put a forearm shiver on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the director's cut. But I, I, I loved, I loved the heart of the story, which is this dude's bummed out because his, his, he's missing his family, and to me you guys really pulled off a great Christmas story um, in such a short amount of time. Cause it was 11 minutes long. Well, 10 minutes cause you know, the credits and everything, but a 10 minute story um, had a lot of heart to it. And I, I loved it when he got the call from his daughter. Like it was like awesome, you know, cause it's like a father myself. It's like, I, 
I, I cherish those moments. You know, I'm getting up there in age, you know, we're all getting up there in age, you know, and it's those type of stories that we, we kind of cling to a little bit more because it's like, Hey, you know, one day it, one of us aren't going to be there, you know? So we want to cling to those stories and cherish our family and take those moments, you know, a little bit more for granted, you know, you know, to our heart, you know, um, cherish them. You know, uh, I loved the story. It was really good. And, you know, I know we all love those pew pew moments, you know, in Star Trek, but these type of stories I gravitate towards, you know, it tugs at the heartstrings, you know? Um, so I've really, really enjoyed the story, you know, um, a lot more than those those battles, you know, that you see in, in some episodes. So I I want to thank you guys. It was a great great film. So I'm trying I want to put to you David, on the spot. I I uh, just love at least once a year you have to pull it out to watch it because it's about Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. How, and I, how cool is that? Yeah. And and the thing about it was you even had Spock there, who's like basically going, "Hey, bud, what's your problem?" Like. <laughs> come on it's, it's christmas come on you know and again you know he's like you know the screw the live long and prosper like merry christmas come on you know and I, I dug that i really dug that you know it didn't come across as cheesy it didn't come across as you know corny like oh man they're getting taken away live long and prosper you know like it came across as really endearing and you guys really pulled a, in a 10 minute film you know it, it really came across as endearing so uh, and, and I love, I love how Mike was like, even pulling out the Romulan ale. And he's like, oh, that, that was static there, static, you know, <laughs> your jokes landed really, really good. You know, so you guys tip, tip of my hat to you guys. You did really, really, I, I loved it. I loved it. You guys, it, it was a great film, great film. It's, you know, at the end, when when you find out your daughter's coming home, the gore just, I mean, you can see that. Boom. It's right there. Yeah. And it, was, it didn't look fake. It just went, wow, she's coming home. So, you know, you guys are really good. You you, you work well together in everything I've seen you guys and you work well together. You've got a good rapport. You can tell you're all friends, um, even though you have one that occasionally strays away to the other side with those lightsabers. But we won't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> it goes to the dark side. You know, yes, dark side. Yes. We tolerate that side of Mike. <laughs> you got to take the good with the bad. <laughs> hey, you never know. There could be a crossover, right? Yeah, that's, hey, that's what that's oh, a weird Star that's Trek a, Jedi. That's what we're going for. That'd be awesome. So <laughs> how long did one of those where they had an R two D two or droid that came in? Yep, yeah, that was Federation cards. Yep, <laughs> yep. I think it was Galaxy Hopper, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, something that like good. that. Yeah, yeah. So if if you don't mind me asking, how long did it take you guys to to come up with the initial concept and then write it and then start filming? Like, how long did the whole thing take? from start to finish on this film question. This was a, this was a really quick one because uh, actually it was like in the fall, I think maybe either end of August or September, I was thinking that, Oh, you know, we as Star Trek fan productions international, let's, let's do a, a short like video Christmas greeting card you know, for our fans, right? For our subscribers. So it actually started as that kind of an idea. And then I don't know, I can't remember exactly how, but it then kind of just 
expanded from there into a, a full-blown story. So I think coming up with the story and the script maybe was like another maybe month and a half or something after that. Uh-huh. And then I, we, I remember four scripts coming my way. Good. Read, yeah. read the first draft and all of a sudden an hour later, here's the next draft. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, we came up with the story and everything and then, um, you know, and then we had to film it quickly because we wanted to get it out by December or before December, if we could. Yeah, it wasn't a lot um, of time. So it was a really fast one that we had to do. And, and then, you know, with uh, Ken, you know, he was really heavily involved with Wayne and himself trying to, you know, come up, work on the special effects and everything. And I remember he was really, you know, um, kind of um, on a timeline trying to get that done. And actually, I think from what I recall, too, he ran out of storage space on his laptop and had to get a new one um in order to uh, you know take into account all the store all the data that he was putting together so it was something that came up really you know that was that we had to do really quickly um i think it was the fast from what i recall is probably one of the if not the fastest film that films that we've put together from start to finish so right. what did you guys use to film it? Because I know you're all in different locations. Did you use cell phones, cameras? It, basically, how do you film when you're filming at home? I know for me, it was a green screen and then uh, my iPhone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, it was a green screen and a, a Canon, Canon uh, camera that I could crop. Yeah. And then I get a call from David. Can you right retake here. that last screenshot and, and <laughs> just move the camera up about two yeah. inches? Yeah. <laughs> I used a uh, Sony um, point-and-shoot camera with, that has a video feature. Mike, and then I use? think Mike had the most professional advanced camera, right? Or did you use something? Uh, I used my phone. I had oh, it just you? like in uh, selfie mode. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know what I I've used a, a few times, uh, and actually quite a few times is I've used my uh, Logitech camera, and on and I put it against Zoom, and I'll put the backing and light everything else and do that in there instead of post, and that's what the way I did a lot of films. Uh-huh. Now, now I you you use my camera, I mean my phone of course, but. And it, it worked pretty well uh, when you put it together, but it's 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 funny the stuff that we use to put things together. Sometimes it's it's nice because our 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 format in our in our playground is usually YouTube, so you don't have to have a super grain and that super high, you know, unless you want to get it up on a large screen TV or something like that. Uh-huh. But I always like to see what other people are shooting with because I can shoot. I've got a Canon myself, but we did uh, last two films with uh, iPhones. So, and I think mine was like an iPhone ten. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. yeah. Okay, I have a mm-hmm. question. Um, for such a short production, I was really impressed with the backgrounds and all of that. And I know I'm. I'm not into the technical side. So I was kind of wondering 
if the backgrounds were something that was completely original, like I know Ken kind of addressed a little bit of that. I was real impressed, Ken, with like that kind of that scene where the ship moves through one window and then the other window has like, ooh, that's really cool. So, you know, um, I, I really was interested in to kind of hear about from each one of you, like the backgrounds. And I was real impressed with, you know, now you're saying that this was filmed kind of all at home on a, you know, like different varying medias. And so mm -hmm. uh, that makes it to me even more impressive. So if you guys could kind of address that a little bit. Sure. Well, I can, I can start with some of that. Uh, Nagora's office was completely all original drawn in Photoshop. Okay. Every angle of it, I, I drew as a 2d image and even Kirk's chair uh, is also a 2d image, which uh, as a separate layer, I'm able to, uh, maneuver it a little bit because I found I actually swiveled in a chair at one point at one point and so that I, wasn't your chair like I, a chair chair I, it wasn't a chair I, I was very impressed I, with that I thought that was a chair and I'm usually pretty good at picking up stuff well because well, Nico was like hey I like Mike's chair I, I like, know yeah, I was like nice I chair. love this well, comfy, comfy chair <laughs> it was actually Ken found the original chair in his research he found the chair that they used and souped up, uh, but you know, like the original base chair uh, for, for Kirk's uh, seat, I downloaded it off the internet, but you know, the image wasn't so great. So I kind of re re refined it a little bit by putting other layers on it. And so, you know, and I would create like a little bit of a shadow, like where the body would go. So if I leaned or something like that, there'd be a shadow, but basically it's a drawn, it was a drawn uh, uh, image and I was just able to, um, track it along, uh, with motion, uh, either way. So I could, uh, so I can move a little bit, but all the, all, all those backgrounds, um, interior backgrounds, they were all, um, except for the enterprise background. I think that was also Wayne. Um, <laughs> that was uh, another guy actually. What was it? Joey, Joey Bonice. That's oh, right. That was the first time that we used that background. I think, uh, that was, yeah, by, by him. And but uh, other than that, all the backgrounds in the background for the niece's uh, um, uh, abode, uh, that's all drawn. And I, I remember like trying to come up with Star Trek like um, uh, fixtures on the wall in the background. And David and I are like, yeah, that looks like something they used to have in the old show. So, you know, we we you know, we looked over everything and, you know, the screens they look at and stuff. And that was all Photoshop wow. original quality. <laughs> very cool. And the the you know, st space station interior shots were three um, D digital models in yeah. Cinema four D. Um, the angles out the windows had to get three D tracked for each ship because you have to get the angles and the lighting right as the ship is flying through the windows. Um, Wayne, um, <clears throat> so so some of those models are are. Um, collaboration between Wayne and I. Uh, Wayne did the Excelsior model in the dry dock that's behind Sulu. Um, and that's out in the distance. And then the the two the two um, ships that are crossing are 3D models that were um, based on, um, uh, I think it was Trek Mesh was the place where we got that. I like how one ship just kind of stopped, like there was that stop sign and the other one yeah. went by. Then <laughs> yeah, it, did anyone else catch that? that. So I want to I want to add a note that uh, to do those shots, uh, Ken learned how to do it for this production. 
Oh, yeah, it was fun. He hit, he was, hit the books and he hit the research. And with the help of Wayne, yeah. Ken put that sequence together, like the space station. You know, that's all. That's all, you know, Thanks. Ken and Wayne. Yeah, what software? It, it was, what's that? What software are you using? That was Cinema 4D. Um, and then you had to every so every shot had to get individually um, made by the computer that's in the background. And then you had to layer it with the right timing in your post production so that the the timing of the elements fit with what I was doing live. Mm -hmm. So you had to shoot live first and then green screen out the background. And and then you had to layer in the VFX later in post. And that, yeah, that was, that. uh, I remember at one point, Wayne, I I think he, if if I remember right, Wayne's uh, OS went down. Uh, He was running on a computer. He was rendering cranking through it and then the OS went down and he had to reformat his whole system and bring all the apps back up. And I mean, cause it's actually, I mean, you figure it's three years ago. So this is before the 3080 GT, uh, NVIDIA's were around. I think those are yep. older right, so you're, GPUs. You're using, you're using PC, not Macs then. Yeah, we were on uh, well, it was a combination of PC and Mac. We were outputting certain things on, um, on the PC cause Cinema 4D. We were using a special rendering software um, from a toy. A- ironically enough, a toy is now the company. If you've seen the motion picture snippets with the recreated Spock and the uh, um, the kind of the they, the a toy is working with Roddenberry Archives on those on those clips with Nimoy Spock. But with like Kirk's grave during. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that that company is the same company that their rendering software was the rendering software we were using. So to to plow the the stuff into that modeling software, you use Cinema 4D from Maxon. Um, There's also Red Giant, which um, is a phenomenal software system. But Otoy is the one that Donnie Verziga and the the team at Roddenberry Archives is using to recreate the bridges of all the ships. So if if you go at Roddenberry Archives and you look up the individual ships, it's Donnie Verziga's 3D model that's in there. And then it's Otoy's uh, rendering the capability that's actually making the video model for you so that you can see it. So it's, um, but yeah, that was, that was quite the, that was fun. Because, Ken, I, I got a question yeah, for you. Yeah, is, yeah. is this the movie where? Because I haven't seen it for a little while, so I don't. I'm, my my brain's a little foggy. But is this the one where you and I collaborated on, or you made up that counter for the top of this the the monitor on the Enterprise? Uh, the I think that was the prior one. You mean prior the one. one with the clocks? Yeah, yeah. yeah the the clock. You, you know what's interesting was, was, was it, that was that whole film or was it I, one before? That was in this one. Oh yeah, yeah that maybe wasn't this one on the right. Enterprise. Yes, on the Enterprise yeah, bridge. Uh, yes, we, we also photoshopped that screen together. Yes. But we had a little transparent uh, window to overlay a counter that can make <laughs> that way. And the reason is because you know you see the counter in Star Trek Six above above their their main viewer. Ken's like, you know what? We can we can illuminate that and really make it work. So every time we see the screen, the time will actually be later in that same day. Well, really, 
Yeah. <laughs> what, what, when I when I went to Skirball, Skirball Center in L.A. did a special showing of Star Trek, the undiscovered country, Star Trek six. Yeah. And Nick Meyer was actually there. Actually, I ended up by accident sitting literally two seats from him in the row. <laughs> I sat down and then this gentleman sat uh, in the other seat and, and then, and then he went up on stage and it was Nick. Meyer. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, but um, yeah, what they said was that all the clocks in star Trek six, that's all done in post. None of it was like recorded live. They actually had to layer in all the clocks and posts to get the timing right with the editing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I, yeah. So what Mike's talking about there. Yeah. That, that we, we actually did do that because, because when you're editing up in post, you're not exactly sure exactly to the split second where the edit's going to go in. So, Yeah. Crazy. Some interesting trivia. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And then, you know, like the guy we were talking about, kind of the the fan circles and how great it is. I mean, when David Fine's team at Robert Weiss Productions released the 2022 um, director's edition of Star Trek: The Motion Picture, um, the word went out in LA that they were going to do a special premiere in Los Angeles. So we showed up and we, he was there with, uh, with the other production team guys. And then a bunch of us fans were in the theater watching the film and we got private Q and a with that team. I mean, before and after the film, it was pretty amazing. It was fun. So, I mean, that's, that's just kind of the way the community is. I think you guys can come out here, have the sets. I want to come out there and sit. <laughs> I want, I want your set too. <laughs> your set is phenomenal. Your set is amazing. The way, the way, the way you guys were my, the way you guys, the chemistry, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the, the chemistry you guys have, based on the, the, the shows that you guys have done with us in the past and the chemistry you guys seem to have on screen together and the pictures that I see you guys on, on Facebook. It reminds me of like in the 1980s, they had the, the, the brat pack, you know, from like the, the breakfast club and the John Hughes movies. Is that, is that a pro is that accurate to, to see you guys always hanging out and being in each other's stuff and, and just having a good old time. And, and I mean, is that, is that accurate? The, you guys are just always having a good old time and, and, and uh, just involved in each other's stuff and, and just uh, whatever you guys can do to just have, have fun and, and, and just ha- living it up. Just <laughs> I wouldn't say exactly living it up, but, uh, uh, it, it doesn't happen as much as we'd, we'd like, but, uh, occasionally we all get to get together to go to someplace like the screening for, uh, mm-hmm. for the motion picture, or we go to Skirball for a Star Trek day or something. And when we do get together at a convention or something, we have a blast. We do have a blast. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. But yeah, it's we, all I about love the cosplay guys. too, right? We would we enjoy. That's how it started. It all started that's with cosplay, started. right? Yeah, that's right. It, it all started with that. Yeah, each of these guys I met at a convention. I met uh, Bill at a Star Trek convention many years ago, and then I met Mike at a another local convention. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. He was dressed up as Chakotay. 
at that one. And then um, Ken, uh, we actually met in person at another local convention a number of years as, uh, ago as well. So that's how I met all these guys initially. Yeah. David's a networker. David yeah. is phenomenal. And then I told them, oh, you want to be in a movie? <laughs> and, and then, yes, yes, I know how that goes, David. Hi, everybody. That's my recruiting uh, tool. Yeah. Everybody working around me, you're going to be this person. You're going to be that person. <laughs> That's why half of BOA is in Crossroads. <laughs> well, does anyone else have any any thoughts, uh, criticisms, critiques, anything like that? No, I think I'm I'm, I'm good. I think we should do another one. We should do another I, film. I, I, yes, you guys do another film, I was, please. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna ask if is there any other holidays you guys kind of want to tackle, like uh, you know <laughs> Halloween or Thanksgiving or uh, anything of Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that fits. Your Kirk. <laughs> Kirk is in love. Those days are over for Kirk. <laughs> Here, here's here's what I'd love to see you do, Mike. I want to see you go with that box of chocolates to each one of those green, you know, green girlfriends that you have, you know. Oh my! Smack in the face, each one, you know. Is this my kid? He's got. He's got like fifteen Davids out there. That's. Uh, that's I don't think that's the film that we want to film. You know. That's, oh, <laughs> I see it now. The Enterprise is stopped at this planet and not allowed to move because there's a paternity suit. Oh my goodness! Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Yep. Those are uh, problems of the age that time. Yeah. You need so, to have someone in the kind of the role of Mari Povich. Oh that. my god. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> and Dr. McCoy's like, you know, we have the results. Jim, we have the results here. <laughs> oh. oh, look at the time. <laughs> damn it, Jim. Damn it, Jim, you are the father. See now we'll be on the phone. Now we need to call Frank Frank uh, Frank Jenks back and yeah yeah. Okay, this conversation going down. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Well, thank you guys very much for taking the time out to join us tonight and to talk about your film. And uh, looking forward to doing another review to catch another one of your guys' films because you're very much a pleasure to talk to. And for anyone out there that hasn't seen it yet, please see it. I think it was is very good. Peace and goodwill. And just keep track of these guys. Now, would you uh, care to tell our audience where we can find you, where they can find you on social media to be able to see more of your stuff? I mean, I know. I know the answer to it. But what, what you guys tell them? David? Well, our, our YouTube channel is called Star Trek Fan Productions International. So if you Google that or just search on that on YouTube, our channel should come up and you can see, uh, you know, all the films we've done. Excellent. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, that's the review. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank Long you Merry Christmas and Happy, Happy New Christmas Year. Christmas to one and all. 
We are Beyond Chart Podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious trip content to your day. Your attention will adapt to subscribe to us. Resistance is futile. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can support us at patreon.com slash beyondtrek.